how much more in property taxes would you pay if the city would use that money to send people into loony bins? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, is implementing some sort of involuntary commitment for crazy homeless people. And it's interesting. You can't lock them up in the name of protecting them, them and the people around them. But you that's just the, the law. That's the law. You can lock them up to protect them from themselves. So whenever he talks about it, he's got to do a little verbal jujitsu and not say, this is so the crazy homeless guy in the park stops attacking your children. He's like, this is for their own good. That's why it's legal. But I'm always interested in, you know, taking crazy people and throwing them into loony bins. I mean, we shut down all the loony bins in, I don't know, the 60s. And I guess they were doing terrible things to the inmates. But I think back then you also didn't have a bunch of crazy homeless people running around your city. And so I think, you know, done correctly, you know, humanely, maybe not humanely, uh, you know, it could be a good thing for reducing our homeless and just cesspool city problem. Bring back the loony bins. And I was trying to figure out what it would cost to put someone in a loony bin. And I, re- I read something that said that, uh, you know, think of it like a prison. Adults in prison cost about 40 grand a year. And then for some reason, juveniles cost a quarter million a year to put into prison. And so, I don't know, maybe involuntary commitment costs more than a quarter mil, but I would like to think that maybe, you know, if it's a quarter mil a kid, can't we, can't we get a loony bin going at a quarter mil per patient? And I was thinking, like, you know, Portland, Oregon, they got a terrible homeless problem, um, and they have ballot initiatives, you know, to raise taxes for some initiative. And if I think, I think if you ask the Portland voters, like, would you like your taxes raised, say, $250 million dollars, and we're going to go out and grab the craziest 1,000 homeless people and throw them into a loony bin, I think Portland voters would jump at the chance to, to pay extra taxes for that. I mean, that would probably be like a couple hundred bucks per person, but it, basically rich people, you'd have to pay 400, and then poor, poor people would pay zero, and I think they'd all agree that was money well spent. And it's, you know, it's the 80-20 rule, the 90-10 rule, it might be the 99% to 1% rule. We're just, you know, it's that very small minority that makes everything shitty. So I think, you know, that's how it is with homeless people. It's just that small number of homeless people that are really doing bad stuff and are crazy. And, you know, you can't, currently in Portland, you can't throw them in jail for committing crimes. So, you know, you got to come up with something else. And so if you could just get the top 1% or whatever, top few percent of crazy, violent homeless people off the streets, I think you'd instantly see a real big difference. Elon Musk is trying to draw Apple and the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, into a public fight before Apple cuts Twitter off at the knees. So there's this Twitter alternative called Parler. It's supposed to be like a right-wing version, or, you know, maybe if you get kicked off of Twitter, you could go there. I mean, this is, we're talking really now about a couple years ago. And we're not sure, but maybe like when Trump got twi- uh, kicked off of Twitter, he went to Parler. That might have been what started it all. But anyways, people going from Twitter to parlor is what started it at all, and it might have just been Trump. But that was when we learned, I learned, that parlor is completely and utterly at the mercy of three companies, which is Amazon, Apple, and Google. If those three companies get together, they can just completely shut down parlor, and that's what they did. So Amazon doesn't actually make very much money on the shipping. I'm the thing, you know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm buying something on Amazon twice a week, and they don't actually make much money on that. 
but Amazon is rich as hell. It's one of the richest companies in the world, and that's because of something called AWS, Amazon Web Services. And that came maybe 10, 15 years ago. Amazon was like, we need a ton of servers. We need to build giant buildings full of computer servers to service our computer needs as an internet online company. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have had the same idea. But anyways, Amazon just did a hell of a job at it. And then they're like, we got so many, you know, we got giant server centers all over the place. We got extra capacity. So they started selling that to other people. And so if you thought you had the genius idea for, for instance, a new social media site called Parler, well, you know, it's hard to build your own giant warehouses full of computers. So what you did is say, hey, Amazon, can we just pay you a monthly fee and you can host us on your servers? And Amazon's like, sure. And so that's what happened to Parler. It's like Trump got back on and Amazon said, we're not, you can't, we're not going to host you anymore. And so boom, gone from the internet. Like they never existed. And I think maybe it took them six months or a year or something to get back onto the internet with someone else hosting their um, website. And by then, you know, Trump had already created his own one. I mean, basically it was over, done. You had your chance, you lost. And so Twitter also pays Amazon to host their website. Now, not entirely. I guess they have two data centers and a third one they're closing down, and then the rest of it is on Amazon. It's not clear to me if it's like if they got if they can do if they could run their website without Amazon or not. We don't know, but they may not be able to. So Amazon might be able to just do a kill switch on Twitter at any time they choose. So I imagine Elon Musk is trying to figure out technical ways to keep Twitter up if Amazon tries to shut it down. We'll see on that one. But then most people who use Twitter, they do it through their smartphone. Like Twitter tweets, right? They're 240 characters, nice and short, perfect for reading on a smartphone. But then Apple completely controls what apps can be used on their phones. And then Google controls uh, what apps can be used on Android phones with their Google Play Store. And so that's about half and half of America. And I'm not sure, probably Android's more than half maybe of Amer- of the world. But so right there, Apple can just shut shut down half of the Twitter users instantly anytime they want just by taking it off the iTunes store and then Android can do it for the rest of the world anytime they want as well and Elon has said that he'll create his own phone if he has to but that ain't gonna work I mean if Twitter gets shut down for a year and then he comes out with the you know the Elon Musk phone uh it's gonna be too late someone else is gonna suck up the Twitter stuff I mean for instance I'm sure that Google or Apple would love to create a little Twitter clone and then suck all those people up. Or maybe they could get together and have a jointly owned Twitter clone. (laughs) They kick Twitter off the internet and then boom, they do it. And so now, you know, I'm going to try and read Elon Musk's brain, which is obviously not a good thing to try and do. But I think he's aware. I'm sure he's aware of everything I just said. And I think he's afraid of it like he should be. And so he's trying to make it a public thing where it's like, Apple is like, if you don't kick Donald Trump off of Twitter again, then we're going to take you off of the iTunes store. And basically all the tech giants, right, they have their terms of service. This is what you can and cannot do. And they always keep it vague. And then they never, ever explain why they make a decision, which lets them just do whatever they want. Like, you know, they don't have to be consistent. Like, you know, oh, these people started a riot for January 6th. And 
these people started 570 Black Lives Matter riots. You're all kicked off, right? You know, you, if you start, if you start, you know, if you start saying, oh, it's if you start a riot and it doesn't matter re- the reason why. And, you know, anyways, then they'd have to be impartial and held account to what they say. So that's why you just say, oh, well, we just we just randomly kicked off these rioters. We didn't kick off those rioters. Uh, we're not going to explain anything about it. And so if Apple says Donald Trump needs to get kicked off of Twitter, you know, that actually makes it easy for Elon Musk. Right. He let Donald Trump back on. He can say, look, they're going to shut down my entire company. Twitter's going to go into the trash basket if I don't kick off Donald Trump. So he can then kick off Donald Trump. I mean, my guess is that he would kick someone off. Or there might be some tax reasons. There are tax reasons. I think when you buy a company, you get there's, there's taxes are different for the first year. And I don't know how they are. I wish I did. I'd explain it. But I believe there's something where if you buy a company and the company goes to shit in the first year then it helps you on your taxes. You get more money back or you have to pay less money in taxes or whatever compared to if you buy a company and it goes to shit the second year or later than that. So Elon Musk, you know, he may be crazy like a fox. He may be trying to force Amazon, Apple, and Google basically into a fight now. Like, if, you know, if he's ever going to do a fight, he do, has to do it right now. If he's going to lose a fight and be destroyed, he need, he, it's best for it to happen right off the bat. And he's been saying a lot of wild stuff and doing stuff that pisses off woke people. So, you know, maybe that's a strategy or maybe he's just crazy or manic. He might be in a manic episode. I don't know. And then for some more speculation, maybe he's like, Twitter is not popular enough. I need to make it. I need Twitter to be in the news every day so that people will sign up and we can make more money off of them selling advertising to him. And so saying crazy stuff. Every day on Twitter gets him in the news and Twitter in the news every day. I think that was the old Donald Trump playbook. Maybe he's crazy like a fox like that. Or again, maybe he's just crazy. And also there's this article the other day. um, An artificial intelligence engineer got fired from Twitter. And he said like he was pro Elon Musk. He's like, this is great. Twitter sucks. We're going nowhere. Um, Elon Musk is going to make this place awesome. We're going to get real technical and do amazing technical things. Anyways, and then he was fired. And so, you know, what kind of crazy is Elon Musk? We don't know, but they fired so many people at Twitter. Like, first off, you fire a bunch of people. Now you don't have to pay them, so that saves you money, makes your company more profitable. But now it seems like they're, you know, you don't normally fire artificial intelligence people because they're hard to replace. And so there's a theory that Twitter does need all these, you know, Whatever. A lot of the employees they're firing, they need someone to do those jobs, whatever those jobs are. You know, artificial intelligence, accounting, etc. But that previously, Twitter has just been paying people a phenomenal amount of money to do their jobs. We don't know Twitter, right? But I, I said the other day, like the, the median salary at Google is $300,000 a year. And so there may be a new theory, or here's a theory with Twitter, is that you fire someone who's making... $300,000 a year, and then you hire someone for $150,000 a year to do the same job. So he may want to just replace every single person because there's just a bunch of high salaries that are locked in. You know, most people are not going to take a pay cut. You know, it's like, it's easier to fire someone than to cut their pay in half. And maybe they want to come back. You know, you fire them, and they're like, I'll come back for half the pay because I loved it there. I mean, that could happen too. So Twitter news is coming fast right now. 
Elon Musk had an in-person meeting with Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple. And I think last night the Republican head of the House of Representatives, or the about to be head, is like, whatever. He's like, I have Elon's back. And Ron DeSantis said the same thing yesterday. And that's all fine. But I watched, I watched the Ron DeSantis thing, I think, yesterday. And I was like, whatever. I mean, he's the governor of Florida. He can't tell Apple what to do or anyone what to do. Texas and Florida have already passed laws that are supposed to make free speech available to everyone, and then they both got uh, locked up in the courts and have been there for a year or two. But then I realized there's probably about a one in four chance that DeSantis is the next president, and when he is the next president, he'll also have a big-ass Senate and House majority with him. And so, in fact, you don't want to piss him off. You know, it's a one in four chance you're pissing off the person the one person who can take you down. The only thing that can take down the most powerful company in the world, Apple, is the U.S. federal government. So the politicians said that stuff, I believe, yesterday, and then today Elon Musk is hanging out with Tim Cook. And Apple is just making so much fucking money. What they really need, and you know, they're doing weird stuff in China, you know, they shut, whatever, they're helping the Chinese government against protesters. Anyways, while they make a ton of money, and they're just like, I think, you know, Apple is like, we want to help gay people, and, you know, America's racist, but more important than that, we need to have everyone look away. Look away from us. We're making a bunch of money. Just look away from us so we can just make a ton of fucking money. The Commentary Magazine podcast this morning is talking about uh, Trump, Kanye, and Nick Fuentes. And I don't know the exact history of Commentary Magazine, but it's... Seems like everyone who works there is a Jew, which is fine. I mean, I love their podcast, let me put it that way. Well, there's two aspects to their podcast, one of which is they're anti-woke, and the other one is that they're, I don't know, neocon Zionists. And so I love the anti-woke part, and I just listen to them saying that war is good and Israel is beyond reproach in all ways, no matter what happened. And I say, uh, you know, I'll take that under advisement. That may not be true. But, you know, they like to talk about anti-Semitism a lot. Uh, it's on their mind. So I hear, I hear their ideas. And one of the guys on the panel, I think his name is Abe, he's saying that anti-Semitism is different than other forms of bigotry because if you apologize for your anti-Semitism, then it's okay. I want to say you're kosher. And the immediate example that comes to mind is Kyrie Irving, that basketball superstar who said some stuff and then apologized, and then he's back to making millions. And then they mentioned you can contrast that with anti-black racism. I mean, straight up anti-black racism, people saying stuff like that, I mean, that almost never, ever happens, you know, unless it's like, oh, this 13-year-old said the N-word while he was singing along to a rap song. But anyways, racial bigotry, unlike Jewish bigotry, I don't know, I don't, anyways. You know, I guess anti-Semitism, you know, it's not exactly a race, it's not exactly a religion. It's a little harder to define. But racial bigotry, um, apologies don't do shit. Like, I can't think of them offhand, but there's a lot of examples where someone says something that is arguably racist, you know, you know probably not even racist, and they're canceled, you know, you lost your job, hopefully your 
family likes you now that you have no money. And on the other side, there's a lot of, like, murderers. And it's like, oh, well, they, you know, the murderer said they were sorry. And, you know, they came from a broken home. So we forgive you, murderer. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast. And thanks for listening.